This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy podcast, the podcast where I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. Hi everyone, I hope you've had a great week. I'm going to keep the intro very short because we've got a nice chunky episode for you. I just want to check in and say hi and thank you for listening and yeah, thank you for the messages I've been getting about the podcast and it's really lovely to hear that people are listening to it. So thank you very much. It's very kind and it makes it all worth it. Uh, I enjoyed this podcast so it's lovely to hear that people are actually listening. Um, So thank you. Um, I'm going to stop talking now so we can jump into the episode but have a great week and yeah, Stay safe and stay kind. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Raheem. Hello. Hello. Hi. How, How are you? you? Oh, oh shame. I'm, I'm well, thank people, you. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. People don't normally ask me questions on the podcast. It's very nice when people do. Like, oh, people don't I, care how you are. No, I don't. You're like, people, the wrong people like, on your car. No, I, I get the how are you, but then after that, it's like it's all about the guest. Last week, I got my be- my guest actually asked me some questions. I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. But um, oh, nice. this isn't about me. I'm just a, a tool to squeeze the goodness and content out of you. So um, that was a weird way of saying that. Um, hello, and thank you so much for joining me on the Champions of Happy podcast. How It's only Tuesday, but how's your week been so far? It's been okay, actually. I feel like I've been constantly going. We're back rehearsing for shows, which is fun, um, whilst also working and studying, studying mostly through the day. And then I'm like studying on tube journeys, going into rehearsals, and I've got to be in like rehearsal mode, and I'm like reading articles as I like go back home. So I feel like I'm constantly going. So my weeks are they're busy, which is good, which I'm glad. So for the people at home listening who don't know who you are, how dare you? I just realised I don't have my mic plugged in. That will affect the quality of the audio. Let me grab <laughs> that. That was dumb. I mean, I'm sure the audio will be fine, but it will be better. Once this is plugged in, we're going to keep going though. Um, so I asked normally um, guests to introduce themselves uh, to say who they are and what they're all about and what they do. Please go ahead while I plug my microphone in. <laughs> okay. I've um, had a day, okay? My day's been busy. <laughs> so sorry. Um, yeah, so my name is Raheem. Hi. Um, I am a professional dancer slash choreographer. Um, So not only do I choreograph for myself, 
um, and for shows and such like commissions and pieces, but I also have directed rehearsals, uh, do a lot of movement theater um, after studying it for my second postgraduate. I did one in um, movement choreography, uh, specializing in contemporary performance and practice. Uh, so that was cool. So I do that now basically as my profession. I also am a senior visual merchandiser by day. Um, so I dress windows, essentially. It sounds a lot more glamorous than it is, but I dress windows and make sure the shop floor is correct um, all over London, uh, which is cool. So I really, really enjoy that because it allows me to be creative in some form of corporate worlds. Um, and I've kind of always worked within merchandising in fashion as I was like from about 17 up until now. I'm 28, if anybody wants to know. Uh, if anybody wants to look me up and potentially date me, then please do. Um, I'm single. I'm a Cancerian with Capricorn rising, I think. I don't know if that means anything to anyone. I'm a Leo. <laughs> I'm uh, no, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, so I do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've performed globally, which is fun. I've choreographed globally. I... Um, yeah, I guess I just work in sort of all theatrical ele uh, elements as not only a dancer, a performer, basically. So I do multidisciplinary art. I guess that's so, about me. Are you? Thank you very much for filling time when I plugged my microphone in. That was uh, yeah, <laughs> was right. really I water. That was good. I, well. I I've done twelve. This is your this is the twelfth episode now. I am a professional in training. Um, someone actually called me a professional interviewer the other day. I was super impressed with myself i'm like yeah i've made it someone thinks something got me but this is about you not me um so to go way way back then so you, you i i've kind of been on your instagram feed and when the first way actually so we are both members of the london gamers chorus and we are it's a we promote are. promote sponsor my podcast oh james they, they um, need to sponsor something you've been in it for I too mean, long the amount of time i've, I've made too much in my first year exactly very that but you joined at a unfortunate time where mostly everything so we have our award show which we have annually and some people get on stage and they show off their talents and you got on stage and you did a fantastic amazing dance piece uh and i think that was the first time i actually like i'd seen you before but i hadn't like i kind of acknowledged you as a new member um but then when i saw the dance uh dance routine i was like oh wow who's this guy and you contributed to that. And then we didn't really get to do any re proper rehearsals or shows because COVID happened. So I, obviously I know you as a dancer. So can you explain to the people who don't know you the kind of dancing and background you do? All right, so I started off in a Western classical form. So I did ballet, contemporary, jazz, got that into music the uh, musical theater. Then I started to do classical Indian dance, Guthuk, which is one of the eight forms. Um, when I was, I got introduced to that at a very young age through cinema, but then I started to do it when I was about 16, uh, 15, 16, and I only started taking it seriously when I was about probably about 18. Um, so yeah, I've been doing it for like sort of 10 plus years. I have, I had like a massive string of doing it, then I took some time off because of university and then I sort of went back to it. So um, that's basically what I do. Um, so my main forms of dance now are Gathak, which is a classical Indian dance form. I do Punjabi folk, uh, so I do Bhangra and Gidda, so that comes from the Punjab, um, which is a very, very different form entirely um, from classical Indian dance. Gathak is sort of like an Indian ballet meets um, flamenco with the footwork and stuff that we do. 
um, Bhangra is sort of very big, very open, kind of focuses on different energies and different ideas, which is cool. And I'm still practicing contemporary dance as well. So that's the only kind of Western form that I do. So did you what? So did you go to university, college, performing arts? How how did you? Yeah. So well, I I I was put into dance school when I was very young. So that was like a weekend thing, after school kind of thing. I studied classics um, with focus on theatre for my undergraduate. Um, so I did like an English and drama degree, um, and then I did. Um, for my first master's English and then for the second one I did contemporary performance and practice where I specialized in uh, social theories and gender theories so um, I studied dance at a master's level then trained also with contemporary performance artists um, and their companies for a year or two uh, which was a lot of fun and um, very challenging actually to go in there as a Kathak artist to do contemporary work, which was interesting. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I did that. So I have studied it to degree level. Yeah. I've done postgraduates in dance and, and choreography essentially. So what was the, the, at the time, what did you think the end goal was slash what did you want it to be? I always thought that I would go into musical theater when I was growing up. I always thought I'd be a musical theater kind of, dancer i don't know backup for lion king or a principal for i don't know someone um or i'd get snapped up by a classical indian dance company kind of like your akram khans your akasha dedras your aditi mangaldas that kind of vibe uh, i thought i'd get snapped up by them because they were like oh what's this um but as i did a lot of drama and dance work in my final year because I chose to do my dissertation mainly in that alongside English, but I've decided to focus more on the performance aspect. I um, actually found that I do something that isn't out there, which is challenge gender norms and gender stereotypes within forms of dance, mm -hmm. um, especially within classical Indian dance um, because just as a little bit of like sort of background information on the classical form, you are meant to be a very malleable force. So you're supposed to be somebody that can be molded into eight counts of a woman, into eight counts of a man, into eight counts of a frog, into four counts of a tree, into then 16 counts of water. Like you have, you, you're whatever the music and whatever the piece dictates, you have to be. Um, I, as I was growing up, was sort of always surrounded by uh, girls, women, uh, you know, young, young, young females in the dance world. And I never really had any male forms to kind of work with. My teachers were all women. When we were working, um, I would always naturally just take on female form and just do that as my piece. I then got told at about 19, 20 that I wasn't allowed to be a... Um, a woman I, I had to do the male form and i was like yeah that's bs like that's not something that i want to do because you can't dictate to me what i need to do in this dance if the dance is demanding something from me um so at that point i was like no and that's when i like sort of took a stand to everybody in the in the sort of world and just sort of said this is what i'm going to do so i've paved and created my own path i guess essentially in the dance world for myself did your parents um, 
because you say you did it into after school were they they did you always did you say you wanted to dance did they encourage it more how how did you no, get into it at first my mother forced me to go into like stage school as a little child because i had a lot of energy and i would dance around the house so she Fair. shoved me into like a sunday school um a Sunday stage school, I should say that. I don't want it to seem like some sort of fundamentalist Christian. Um, <laughs> that makes more sense. Um, yeah, it makes more, everyone's gonna be like, what, religion? Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so she forced me to go into Sunday stage school. Um, and I did that for a while um, because my family are all very musical. Like my father plays instruments, my mother um, sings, my uncle used to, we used to grow up when we used to summer with our grandparents and my uncle used to be there and stuff like that. And he would play records of soul, hip hop, funk. Like we grew up with so many types of music and so much sort of musicality around us that it wasn't anything weird. And I think that it initially started off as me just being a dancer as a hobby. Um, mm. But then when I started to get noticed for it is when my, fa- my mother and father were like, okay, this is something that you can do just know it's going to be a lot of work and i said okay. yeah but if it's in me and i'm there to do it and i'm making a difference in what i'm doing then i'm going to do this um when you so, yeah, started taking on the more good. female elements and the female roles were your, did your parents notice did they kind of care or did they just say you no, do they you? didn't care no they didn't care it was never a thing for them i think they kind of uh, respected that I was taking a completely different idea um, or rather it's not even really a different idea that's such a redundant thing to say it's a it's a form that demands you to be something else right because dance mm-hmm. as a form has no gender dance is fluid period so we as dancers need to be fluid within any form that we do we're supposed to be neutral bodies on stage unless asked to perform as characters so for me when I was like sort of exploring that more and more, they were like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like do that because like, it's something that isn't being done, especially as somebody that comes from dual heritage and dual faith to have, you know, my mix of cultures and go into like a South Asian space and challenge the form or rather demand that people open their eyes and have the flipping conversation about it. It was a good thing because they were like, no, it's good because we need to go out there and we need to talk about these things. So my mother and father were very supportive. My siblings were supportive. My grandparents, my maternal grandparents weren't so supportive. So that's my South Asian side. Um, So they weren't necessarily super supportive in the beginning, but they saw a performance I did at Rich Mix uh, where I performed a very iconic Bollywood piece, um, a classical piece. And they... um, saw me perform it fully as a woman. I had a hairpiece on. I had no beard at the time. I had a full face. I had fake chest. I looked incredible. Oh, <laughs> I looked incredible. Like, it was unclockable. I looked biological. It was ridiculous. Um, and my grandparents saw the piece and they said, God, from far away, you just would not know. And then my grandmother said, right, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, yes, you can do this. You can continue doing this. One, because you have talent and you can dance. And two, because you make a very convincing woman and you're very attractive. So you should continue doing this. And I said, thank you for that. I mean, just from your Instagram though and, your, and the clips I've seen as you, of, you, of you dancing, you are so memorizing. Memorizing? That's not the right word. You Memorable. are. Me- mm, 
fascinating. Mesmerizing. So memorize. I can't say it. Um, you are mesmerizing. Mem- mesmerizing to watch. Thank you. Um, you it is it is fascinating, and I I guess anyone who watches you must see that there is a joy in what you do, and there's so much. You make it look so easy as well. <laughs> it's like I can barely do a two step. I don't know how you do what you do. Like when the chorus have to do dance moves, I'm like, uh, do I have to? Can I just stand in the back? And then there's you twirling and doing everything you do. And I'm like, how is he making this look so effortless? Honestly, like when, when we did that, when we had the award show, I was in the chorus. I mean, that was like a few weeks in that we had that. Mm. Like I was literally just a few weeks old in the chorus. I remember speaking to my um, like buddies and like people around me in the tenor ones. Um, and I was like, maybe I should do something like, maybe this is the way that I introduce myself to everyone. Because obviously for those of the, you know, the people that don't know, even though we're like a huge group of, and we are a huge family, Mm. we sit in our sections and don't really speak to anybody else. So like, I don't get to see any other people. I think as a tenor to you guys, you're like next to us, but I can only ever see when I'm like looking around, I'm like, oh, who's that? Who's that? Like, you don't really get to speak to people. So I was like, maybe this would be a good way for me to meet everyone. And then, yeah, I just did that semi-classical piece, came there in a skirt and a crop top and did the whole vibe. And I was Mm. like, whoa, it's cool. Um, And then, yeah, and then just went out there and just did what I did. But I think it's fun. Like, I think it's fun to like go out there and do what we do. So (laughs) on your your Instagram, you, I I saw a beautiful, line that you, you wrote saying you are working on reimagining masculinity has wh- where does that come from for you like obviously you have the long hair and you've done drag and you play with gender normalities and fluctuations and whatnot like where, where do you stand on that how where's that come where's that birth from within you um that's a really open question so do what you can with that (laughs) that was big um yeah no i think for reimagining masculinities for me has been interesting in growing up in what would seemingly be a very patriarchal society especially growing up with south asian heritage where there are very clear definitive gender roles in the family um And I think we growing up kind of are just told through media, through our surroundings, what men are supposed to look like and be, what women are supposed to look like and be and so on, right? For me, I grew up through no fault of my own. When I was younger, I would get confused for a girl. I mean, you can't help the way you look. You just look the way you look, right? Um, And... I think I exuded a very feminine energy kind of like growing up. It wasn't until I sort of got older and kind of looked deeper within myself and kind of found myself a lot more that I realized that I do have a very, very masculine energy within me. I mean, whatever these, you know, for use of better phrases and terms for Mm -hmm. masculine and feminine. Um, And I think, I mean, I, I, identify as he him those are the pronouns that i use and i identify as a man because that's who i am but i'm just very fluid in my being but i would never say that i were anything else other than a man because i don't feel like i'm anything else 
I, yeah, I do feel very fluid. I feel very gender fluid, but I'll always take male, not out of anything, but just because that's who I am. That's how I hmm. feel, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea of masculinity is something that always perplexed me growing up and especially like recently in my like, well, I say recently in my early 20s, it doesn't feel that recent anyway, but in my early 20s, um, um, in growing up and seeing what boys were like around me, what guys were like around me, how they were acting. And I was like, well, I still do all of that. I still play sports, if that makes me manly. I still hike with my father, if that makes me manly. I know how to change a tire. I'm not you know, afraid to get my hands dirty, if that's what makes me masculine. So then I was like, well, then if that's what you guys are using as defining terms, then I am masculine. But I'm just going to do it with lashes on. And no one should have a problem with me doing that. Do you know do what you I actually mean? Know how, do you actually know how to change tire? Yeah. Gosh, I don't. I, I, I hate cars. I'm a terrible driver. I shouldn't be allowed a license. Um, but just hearing that is a, I'm, that, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not, oh, that's, that's really, that's really hot in a weird way, I, but also, thanks. yeah. 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 So I can change a tire. I can fix a puncture on a bike tire. Um, and I have also, um, fixed the spokes on my brother's wheelchairs. So yeah, I know what I'm doing. Nice. So you've got siblings. How many do you have? Three brothers and a younger sister. Three brothers and a younger sister. So where, where do you fall in the age? I'm second youngest. Second youngest. And are, are they a creative bunch? Do they perform dancing, play instruments? Or are uh, they... The eldest um, writes, paints, and can play instruments. In fact, they all, we've all played instruments. I'm the only one that dances. However, my sister now is going through ballet training. Um, she needs help dancing because <laughs> she takes after our father. So, um, and it's fine if they listen to this because I'll say it to her face. I'm not scared. Uh, but she takes after our. I'm not scared. <laughs> so my mother and I will like chuck her into a class. Um, so yeah, but she's a singer. She plays the piano. Like she really wants to go into musical theatre. Um, so all of us have very creative elements to us. Yes. But I'm the only one that's kind of taken it as a profession and mm -hmm. then will now go into the academic side of it as well. So I'm like the one that's really pioneering it forward. Could I have been a doctor? Sure. Could I have been a vet? That's what I wanted to be until I realized that physics hates me. So I was like, yeah, let's not do anything to do with that. So, yeah. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Both. I can't pick. Oh, that's the wrong answer. The correct answer. I'm sorry. Is... We grew up with cats and dogs. You can't ask dogs. us to pick. Dogs. Is... Do, you, do you have a dog? Yeah. Uh -huh. what, what What's the dog called? We've got two dogs, a Spaniel <laughs> and a West and a Westie. Uh -huh. yeah. The Westie's called Milton and the Spaniel is called Buddy. They They're really names. cute. They're incredible. I'm pretty sure Buddy's gay as well, which is fun. Yeah. Um, fun always fun to have gay dog and then we grew up with cats like i have the most beautiful cat he is so handsome i've never <laughs> seen such a looker of a feline in my life um whose name is bertram that's his government name but he's affectionately known as bertie yeah bertram is a good name don't judge <laughs> i didn't say anything you mouthed it and then <laughs> we've got other cats as well like yeah we but we grew up with dogs and cats they're both incredible creatures like i i can't pick dogs give you that affection when you demand it 
which is great because yeah. like, if you're feeling lonely, you're like, come here and then they'll like cheer you up. Whereas cats are very much, cats are cute because they sense your emotions. So like I might have like a really like bad moment and my cat can sense it. And then he'll sleep in my room for like four or five days to make sure I'm okay. Uh, your cats must have liked you. My, at university, so my family have always had dogs. But when I went to university, um, my, I lived in a uh, house with three other girls. And one girl said, do you mind if we get a cat? And I said, do I have to look after it? Do I have to feed it? Do I have to look at it? Do I have to do anything? And they said, no, 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 we'll do it all. Uh, so they go away and they open the door to come back into the house. And I hear, meow, meow, meow. I'm like, oh yeah, fine, fine, cat's here. But then I hear, meow, 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 meow. I'm like, what? So they brought two cats home because, oh, they're brother and sister and we couldn't leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah, and they were cute friends. at first. They were cute at first. But then I forgot that all three girls who I lived with were, te- were, do- were trained to be teachers. So they had to go away and do training assessments. So they wouldn't Place- be at the house. Placements, yeah. yes. So they wouldn't be in the house for like three to four weeks at a time. And who had to look after the horrible little monsters? Me. Did they look what after me when mean? I was sad? No. Uh, they were Midnight and Shadow. Oh. Yeah, very good names. Black cats, um, they? they? were black cats. Uh, they were oh, not we're... good cats. <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes you get animals, like my uncle's best friend had a cat, and that thing was the spawn of Satan. Like, that thing was a, a rude word. If and when would... I found out it died, I went and celebrated its death. I'll oh, be I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I I never want to wish death on a cat, but I'm the same sod you. This one deserved it. <laughs> yeah, this one definitely deserved it. This one is like, oops, was that not a speed bump kind of vibe? If I were to wave a magic wand and transform you into either one of them, what would you want to be? I'd either, okay, hang on. If you were to transform me into either a cat or a dog. Yeah, you can either one of them. You can't be a cat dog. I can't be a cat dog. Uh, I'd be a cat. I'm sorry. Oh, I just think I'm more feline than I am canine. <laughs> but if I was a dog, I'd want to be um, not an Afghan hound because they're really dumb. I'd want to be like, I want to be like a, I don't know. You little show dog. Dogs, like, a, like a lurcher. I'd, I just want to be like really long. <laughs> You yeah. be you'd you be something be. tall because you're huge, right? You'd be like, what a Great Dane. Uh, I'm not sure I want to be a Great Dane. Maybe... Hmm. Spaniel. Maybe a, not a Whippet, a bit spindly. A Whippet! <gasps> mm. I do like, like a them, a, bit a Greyhound. You could be a mm. Greyhound. Maybe. Let's see. Or a Labrador. Wait, we'll we'll see. Like, anyway. like I'm going to magically turn into a dog. We'll Getting see. back onto the actual conversation that I was going to ask. Um, <laughs> for it carry on <laughs> um so going back to your your dance particular dance style how did you find groups and people to perform with or uh, did you find there were other men like you who did similar kind of dance styles or were you the, the was it hard to find a group to dance with uh no not really i think um you kind of grow up with your academy that you're a part of and i think once you kind of get into your own and start to do like more solo work and stuff like that and then sort of explore other forms um within your form so like i would do contemporary pieces or contemporary gothic pieces uh everyone was very um 
understanding and very accepting of who I was and what I wanted to do. So it was never an issue. It was never an issue to find groups to perform with. However, it did, once I then started to go out and do more of my own sort of androgynous performing, that that did um, put a, I guess, tainted me as a dancer in terms of employability, 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 yeah, that's the word. Yeah, doing better than I am, so. Thanks. Uh, when it came to getting cast in shows, because then everyone thought that I had this agenda that I had to bring this to every single thing I did. But mm-hmm. that was on their own dumb nonsense, because that's what they deemed me to be, this sort of political dancer which essentially i guess i was accidentally but it's not to say that if you get cast in something as just a dancer and someone else choreographs on your body it doesn't mean that i'm going to turn around and be like well i want to do da, 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 da. everyone just jumped to the conclusion and basically pigeonholed me and ostracized me within the community so then it did create issues and now everyone sort of just knows me for it and everyone just goes oh yeah raheem just does that and it's sort of like okay cool so when i come by and do something different then we'll see what's happening when your show shit. So, <laughs> so who, who do you actually dance with then? then? Who is your group? So at the moment we learn, so originally we were learning with um, our teacher, Gauri Sharma Tripathi, who's a big, big name now, and she, but she's moved back to India. In the UK, we train with uh, Sajatha Banerjee, who is the artistic director of the Sajatha Banerjee Dance Company, so known as SBDC. Um, and we're the sort of advanced senior group I guess you call us. Um, And we train sort of as much as we can with each other. Um, And that's who we kind of learn with now. And then other performances. So I perform under either SBDC, who I have done in the past, or Ankh, which is with uh, Gauri Sharma Tripathi and her girls. So we, but we perform under the label of Ankh, but then we have a trio who we've called the Rue, which is... um, the Hindi for spirit and soul. So there's three of us that perform in that little trio. Not that we've done anything in absolutely ages, but we're a great trio. Uh, but the most recent person and the, probably the person that I perform with the most is, you must have seen her on my Instagram, um, her name's Saloni Saraf. So the two of us perform together quite a lot and we've become quite the duo um, which is also which is incredible because we do a lot of Radha Krishna pieces, who are the two deities that everybody depicts in dance, especially in classical Indian dance, the most. Uh, Krishna is the blue-skinned god, um, and mm-hmm. Radha is his um, female counterpart. Um, so we perform as those two very often, and that's actually what stemmed us to then challenge the idea of it and challenge the notion of it. And we went and performed that piece somewhere and. Wow, if you were in the audience, you could have cut the tension with a knife and it was very awkward, <laughs> but beautifully performed. So nobody could have said anything about that. But then when we decided to challenge it, when it came to the Q&A, a lot of the traditionalists didn't agree with anything that we had to say. And I had to really, really bite my tongue and clench my shorts. Uh, yeah, so. But that's what we're here for, is that yeah. we're here to take these forms as our own and to go out there and do something different. Because we're not try- I like, I'm not trying to change the form. And I've tried to tell people this. I'm not trying to change things. I'm not trying to you know, alter the history of anything. I've just taken the fundamentals and built a foundation and built upon that foundation a house that I want to live in. 
and that's all it is. Like I still have used the same, you know, foundations as everybody else out there. I'm just doing things a little bit differently, but it doesn't mean that I'm disrespecting anyone, nor am I doing anything radical. I'm just bringing the conversation back to the table to let people know, actually, this is how it is. Because there are classical Indian dance forms that still don't allow uh, many women to perform it. Um, pieces like, I think it's the old school things like Mohiniyatam and other forms like that, where the men still adorn themselves in a lot of female, you know, regalia, and they look incredible when they do it. So it's just weird to think that you're okay watching that, but then you're not okay with the male Kathak dancer being androgynous on stage and performing as Radha, you know? Hmm. It's like, it's weird. But I always say to people like, I'm just adding another layer of realism to what I do. I'm just choosing to wear a skirt because rather would have worn a skirt. It also just makes my spins look nicer. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> I mean, I, I am talking to you this as a complete, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know anything about this, this style yeah, of dance. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. So yeah, I'm, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people don't. So, yeah. So I'm learning as I talk and listen to you. Yeah. Um, so, because like, your usually friends, as so female so dancers, oh, sorry, I was just going to quickly say, like, usually no, as go, female, go. Dancers, male dancers, we have different, outfits that we wear right so -hmm. the girls will usually wear like a skirt and a blouse and like a sort of a veil to cover it up because when they spin it gives them that female you know energy and blah 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 whereas men would wear sort of straight cut um sort of long tops that kind of have a little bit of spin but they don't have much um unless you do sort of sufi like the whirling dervishes that you see in turkey and that sort of thing where they wear all the white so that's like an angarka is what we would call that so men can wear that but it can't have too much spin but then that's when i was like nah two middle fingers up to that because i'm not doing that i want the spin um so that's just the background behind that sorry james you were saying no no no, no not at all not at all um so your friend sorry i didn't catch your name but um who you've been following was yeah. she the girl from instagram i saw when you danced in paris no so that's Bangra. Oh. so that Paris video, I'm part of a Bhangra team called Jashin Jawanida, which means the spirit of youth, I think, or the energy of youth, youthful energy. Don't ask me um, if they hear this, they won't hear this. So, yeah, so they're they, gonna hear this. Everyone's hearing this. What are you talking they about? They are hearing this. They are the gonna world hear this. Is they hearing this. this. They're, con- they're like, they're like, they're badged fans on Facebook. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so that was a Bhangra routine. So, that's Punjabi folk. So that was Ranveer Kaur and I, we did that. And that was in Paris, yeah. So that was Bhangra. Saloni was the one. Uh, I don't know if you saw, we did, there's like a little video of us two going, hi, we're gonna do this and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like the next video. Or she's the girl that we're both in all black. And we did like another routine, which was like a fusion piece. I I'll need to look it up, but um, the, the, mind, video, the video the, the in the Paris one, so was the video quite, in was yeah, yeah the video because... in Paris was Ranveer and I doing Bhangra. That was Bhangra. Because you go from Disneyland Paris to outside the Eiffel Tower to somewhere else in France. I wasn't too sure where it was. To a um, to a viewpoint in Paris, yeah. Ah, um, but you're doing the same routine, but you keep cutting between the two the, the three locations. And I thought that's really cool. I was like, I wish I could dance, and I I can't at <laughs> Uh, have you have you ever? Um, I imagine you probably have, but have you taught yourself a class or two or three? Have I taught classes? Mm. 
Yeah, 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 I have, yeah. I don't, um, I don't tend to teach classical because I'm still very much learning that and I would rather, I'd rather that's something for me. I don't really teach people that. I can teach routines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather keep that for myself. Bhangra, I've taught a lot of. Um, and Gidda, I've sort of been self-teaching myself and then kind of teaching others what I know. And then Bollywood, you kind of just grow up doing. I'm not, I don't, I'm not really a Bollywood dancer, but Bollywood was one of those things that everyone's like, dance at this wedding, do this and that. And then you kind of like teach yourself from like videos. So I have taught that as well, but I just feel like that's like just easy stuff. I'm not really into that whole vibe. Do you think you can take anyone who cannot dance at all and make them into a dancer? Or do you think some people yeah. have to have it in them? To be honest, like, I mean, take yourself, for example, right? You're saying that you can't dance. I can't dance. Okay. But you have rhythm. You have knowledge of rhythm. You have knowledge of tempo. You have knowledge of musicality being a singer, period. Mm -hmm. So don't even try to deny that. So you have that knowledge in you already. It's just about, like, moving that around the body and allowing that knowledge to seep further down than just mentally and become physical energy. So to understand that and have tempo is, to be honest, dance is all about confidence and coordination. That's all it really is. And just knowing musically what you want to do. So if you want to move like really slow, then you do like a little bit of slow thing. If you want to move really fast, then you do like a fast thing. Like, But I have taught people that are rhythmically challenged. That's very polite. Thank you. Um, <laughs> people that from two left feet to no feet, okay? Like I've taught people that are really, really, just really. And I have definitely got them on stage and they've performed in front of however many hundreds of people. So I think I can do it, yeah. Nice. Well, that's, that's there's hope for me. That's right. Whenever we can be in the same room again, you can uh, show me a few moves and I can show how. You know what? I'm going to teach you and then you're going to put it on your Instagram page and then everyone's going to be like, okay. Yeah. So Lanky James can throw down some moves. Hello. All of a sudden you're doing a death drop. One, two, (laughs) boom. It's going to be Yeah. Face, face, face. Um, So (laughs) moving on from dance, because I feel like I've asked you all the questions and I feel like I'm sorry if I've asked them in a poorly way um so i'm not a dance person so i don't know how to ask these questions um but um your instagram is is dance but other than that is fashion is fashion i mean you are a fashion looking person i mean move aside naomi smalls there's a new fashion uh, she follows me on instagram just a little drop there thank you very much yeah we met at london fashion week it was really cool anyway carry on <laughs> that's that well, that's gonna be something i'm gonna ask you about this. so yeah. you um sarah is that something we can talk about or not yeah you can do yeah so i worked um as a senior stylist for an, a boutique and i worked for zara yeah as well okay cool um where where oh gosh where do you shop what sizes do you wear um can you dress me um i want to be cool like you 
I love dressing people. I love styling people. <gasps> I love going with people on shopping trips. It's like my thing. I love doing it. I want to Trini and Susanna the hell out of the world. Like I just want to do it. I want to, I really, really want to do it. Like just see how excited I've just got. I've like really, really got into the camera. Um, I mean, for yeah, those who can't I love see this people. video, um, he had just stuck his face into the webcam. Yeah, sorry. Just... Yeah, no one can see it. <laughs> but they can hear it because I'm really close to the mic. Um, but yeah, so I... Um, I love that. I love dressing people. I love styling people. Because when I was working as a stylist and I was working with the brides and grooms um, in big, big couture brands, like, and that was Indian um, brides and grooms, like, I was obsessed. I was like, this is the best job ever. I really wanted to stay there. But the environment was so toxic that I had to leave. Um, oh, no. But it was incredible. But yeah, and then, I mean, dressing mannequins is like the closest that I've got to like dressing random people because I dressed mannequins for Zara and I used to do well I just like I used to style for like a lot of things um but yeah um I love that please can we do that oh my god no you can't give me false hope. <gasps> I feel like I... Colin. oh my god that would be incredible um actually I feel like I've got like a general good sense of taste um but as a six foot three lanky man sometimes it is difficult and I actually do appreciate a good dressed mannequin I can walk into a shop see it close on the hanger, not necessarily see the vision, but then see it on a mannequin. And I'm like, oh, actually, no, I can see this entire outfit ensemble. But then annoyingly, the clothes aren't near the mannequin and then you've got to hunt down said clothes in the shop to find the look that was on the mannequin. I'm like, why is he doing that? Yeah, I'm with you. Who, who are your, your favourite um, high street brands to go to? Or online shopping? Uh, who, who are your go-to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like um, Monkey. Okay. Big that fan of Monkey. Looks... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monkey is really, really good fit. Uh, how tall are you? I... How tall are you? Five foot ten. Five foot ten. Okay, so no, 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 okay. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, I'm not six three. Like, listen, when I was walking next to you and your guy, I was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm definitely the bottom of that total pole. So I, um, I really like Monkey. I shop at Top Shop. I don't really shop at Top Man. The only Top Man I ever shop is a uh, vintage section, and that's mm. because my body shape is better fit to women's wear than it is to men's wear. But that's because I have a very small waist and big legs and men don't tend to usually have that. And I can't remember the last time I wore skinny jeans that fit me so that I could get over my thighs. So yeah, it's not a good look. Um, So top top man for the vintage, Zara hundreds. I go to Zara um, Mm. as much as I can because they've got nice fits. They've got casual and um, small fits, which is really nice. Um, where else do I shop? H&M for basics, uh, like my cycling shorts and stuff like that. They're really comfortable. I recommend their jersey material is incredible, good quality. Um, but the leggings are trash, so don't get that. Uh, where else do I go? And then I wear like a lot of like track suits. So I tend to go to Nike a lot, Adidas. And those are like the main ones that I wear. And then I wear a lot of like Indian clothing. So I usually like to try and style them out into what I wear. So like my Gurdha tops and stuff like that are from Cardi. Uh, usually is where I go. Um, I really like Reese. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Reese when that paycheck comes in. Because, um, hello, they're expensive. So Reese is a nice fit. Oh, Weekend and Max Mara. Oh. Don't think I know those brands. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go. <laughs> Weekend uh, Max Mara are really good, and Weekday, uh, which is like um, loose vintage fits, Ooh. usually. 
So those are really cool. Bershka, Stradivarius, those are two other places that I go. But I have very select taste in all of these areas. So like I, I will go to say Topshop for like certain things or I'll go to like Zara for certain things. And I, but those are my main kind of scope of fashion as mm. much as I can. See, I love a big baggy jumper. I have Me so many and they're all gray or white or black. And I'll come home like, oh, I bought a new jumper. And I, and I see in the wardrobe, I've got like, five of the same thing already i'm like oh shit you need to go to then you need to go to bershka for their oversized fits because they do at bershka and weekday are two places that will hit then because they give you everything oversized i don't really order anything online a lot of people are like why don't you order online asos uh what is it boohoo pretty little thing all of that shenanigan i don't trust their fits like I have to see it physically in front of me in order for me to understand it. I remember I ordered graduation trousers for my first graduation. I ordered graduation trousers from ASOS thinking that I knew what size I was. It came back and I could fit my whole body in one trouser leg. Huh. See, I quite like ASOS because I hate, hate shopping for jeans. Like I genuinely, I, don't, I find no joy in it. I, I buy the same pair of black skinny jeans every single time and I wear them until they die. And I have it saved in ASOS. They're exactly the ones and I'm like, Whenever they die, I'm like, yep, book, bye, done. I'm like, yeah. I, I can't walk into a shop and buy jeans. They're just, it's just boring as hell. They're all really complicated. It gives me weird anxiety when I go into a shop trying to find things that fit me. As a lanky man as it is, it's hard to find clothes that fit me in the first place. Yeah, so well, how do you think I, can... I feel when I walk into a fitting room and I've got all these women's trousers in my hand and they're like, oh, are you all right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fine, thank yeah, you. Right. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> But have, have you, correct me if I'm wrong, have you done any, um, you model obviously, but you, have you done any big campaigns or any jobs that we can talk about? Uh, I did a Levi's campaign. Oh, when was that? Uh, I did it for Queer Britain and Levi's. Um, they wanted a, uh, when was that? That was last year's summer I did that. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was part of Queer Britain and they went with Levi. And so they collaborated with Levi's and my friend and I, we did a shoot with them. Um, and it was all over a gallery and we got some cool fits. Um, they shot me in like my classical wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was a part of Levi's campaign. So I was like, yeah, cool. Thanks. I was all over their website. I was like, lovely. I was all over their Snapchat. I was like, lovely. Uh, nice. I was all over their Instagram. It was cool. So I did the Levi's campaign. Also, a little bit of tea. Um, Sam Smith was at the private viewing <gasps> and took a picture of my picture. <gasps> now can't put Sam Smith's phone or on his iCloud. Boom. Also, Sam Smith and I were part of the same National Music Youth Theatre program, and we sung "Baby It's Cold Outside" together. Fact. Oh. Fact. Um, but she never remembers, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so I did a Levi's campaign. I've done um, London Fashion Week for some designers. Nothing major, major, but um, I was a model for a few people. Um, that's about the main modelling I've actually done. I'm not signed to anyone. People just kind of see, like, okay, thank you. Thanks, James. I um, yeah. I could probably like recommend a few agencies actually that you probably should join. 
Uh, yeah, you should. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so it's really cool. I mean, I'm doing a shoot. I've done shoots. Like, photographers, photographers have approached me and asked to shoot me, um, which is cool. Um, either be dance or just for my look in general. Like, I'm doing a shoot this Saturday, which is fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I try my best. It would be nice to be kind of cast in an agency. Um, but, yeah. Okay, well, let's make that happen. We can make that happen. That's easy. We can make um, that happen. So, do you fancy Sam Smith? I do a little bit, I think, yeah. <laughs> Your brain, I can see ticking away. Like, you see it? I, I do a little bit, yeah. The thing is, yeah, I just want Sam to sing to me. I want to sing with Sam. I want to sing. Do you know what I want to sing? Um, dancing with a stranger. That's what I want to sing with him. And then see if we've got chemistry. And then from there, we'll see how we go. If you're on but X listen, Factor Sam, and you listen, had your... Sam, if you're listening, hit me up. Well, she is. If you're on X Factor though, and you had your celebrity moment where they do a duet with you, would he be your duet or would it be someone else? No. Are you mud. <laughs> if I could pick anyone in the world... It would not be mad? Sam Smith, sorry. <laughs> Sam, would, Sam Smith would be at home being like, oh, babe, that was good. And I'd be like, cheers, cheers, Sammy, baby. But <laughs> no, 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 it would not be Sam Smith. Absolutely not. Who would, Who it, would be? it be? That's a really good question. It'd Thank either you. be Beyonce, just so I can smell her. Um, uh, it would, not in a weird way. Um, Alicia Keys. Ooh, that's a good one. And we'd sing um, A Woman's Worth. What's that one that she does where she's a waitress? What's that one? Uh, you know, where she's all like, um, my boss be bugging because I always add cream in your hot chocolate because I think you're kind of sweet. Like that one, what's that one? That's a woman's worth, isn't it? Uh, Let's say it's for argument's sake. I can't remember, yeah. but that one. I'll Google um, it and edit it in here. Or Billie Eilish. Ooh. Because you did a cover of hers, didn't you? What would you want to sing with her? When the party's over. That would be oh, my okay. tune. Because mm-hmm. yeah, recently, yeah, I did a cover for the chorus. I did everything I wanted, um, which was great. But I, I think I would sing with Billy. I think it would be a really interesting experience. Cool. I mean, yeah. I just like, red shirt, now wet, yo, na, 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 na. I, mean, I don't know the words, yeah, obviously. But it's white shirt, now yeah, red, now bloody nosebleed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of that shenanigans. But yeah, I think that would be cool. Those are my top three, I think. No, I don't know what is. I wouldn't be Nick Jonas because I'd be too busy looking at him. I'd be like, do you know what would make this sound better? If you just took your clothes off. Yeah, um, slowly. How you sound better. Um, <laughs> male singers, I think it'd probably be Sam because that'd be fun. Um, I don't really listen to any male singers. I listen to more male rappers than I do singers. Oh. Kendrick Lamar, I'd love to do a duet with if that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know who it would be? Who would it be? Frank Ocean. Oh, that's a good shout. Me and Frank a... singing Wildfire. Oh, I can see that. Singing Ivy. Oh, you must be upset. Oh my God, it'd be so good. It'd be so good. <laughs> I can see it now. That's what, genuinely, when I go on my runs, my brain goes to whatever song was playing at the time, I would think, how would I perform this on The X Factor? What would be my performance? Okay, here's the question for you. I can't be the only one, surely. No, no, here's a question for you, right? If you were on The X Factor and you had a Save Me song, what song would you sing as your Save Me song? 
to make oh. the judges keep you in. Oh God, there's this song that I've been listening to on loop recently. It's called Moral of the Story. Uh, and it's by a singer called, my phone is loading, uh, Ash. And the, the version I actually really like is when it's got um, Nile from One Direction featuring on it. And One Direction is not my, I don't like One Direction. I'm not a massive fan of any of them. But the little bit he has in it actually adds to the song quite nicely. But it's quite it like, it's a quite, bit like him. I'm not sure how to take that. He's handsome. He's handsome. Okay. So your, your face, your your face said otherwise when you said it, but fine. But I, I, maybe, I mean, maybe not that song, but it's what I've been listening to at the moment on loop, and I'm like, it's quite like, it's quite emotional, but quite quite fun. I, I I will probably go to bed kicking myself thinking of a better answer, and maybe I'll put it into the intro. Um, but yeah. probably that at the moment. That's my go-to song. Oh, maybe something by Lana Del Rey. I quite like Lana. Um, that would be a good thing. Anything show. a little bit sad or a bit gothic or a bit emo or a bit pop punk or, I don't know, anything a bit like... Uh, or Evanescence, bring me to life. <laughs> I mean, Hello, I can't get those notes. Evanescence, oh. and Tattoo, all the things she said. <gasps> oh, hmm, buried that. So, speaking of music, I know you obviously you go to the gym a lot. Is it spinning you do or cycling or a variation? Yeah, I do variations. I went to a spin class one time and understood what Ariana Grande meant when she said... Uh, walking side to side because I <laughs> after this rotted spin class. Uh, yeah, no, I do spin. I do, uh, yeah, cycling. I do a lot of running. I run, um, so I do that at the gym as much as I can. And then, yeah, and then I kind of find a machine and go, how do I do it? Oh, okay. I kind of watch people and then I go, oh, is that how you do it? Okay, cool. And then I go and do Smart. it. I my last I've, I've got quite busy at work recently, so I haven't been able to go to the gym. But I booked in their class. And I got there and no one else turned up. So it was just me and the personal trainer. And it was great because I got a full-on session. But then it was a whole sales pitch on, book me to be your full-time personal trainer. I'm like, I can barely afford the gym. I can't afford a personal trainer. This yeah, is an awkward conversation. I do yoga, though. I'm trying to sign yoga uh, regularly. Oh. Good for stretching. Yeah. So I don't want to talk too much about COVID because it's so depressing, but how has it affected your dancing, your fashion, wearing clothes? I mean, uh, well, it's you I, clothes, but... <laughs> I, um, I was supposed to go on tour with two or three shows um, this year and that's obviously not happened. So it has affected it. It's gotten a little better with us performing virtually. Uh, which has been fun and a very interesting experience, but you don't get that same buzz of performing in front of an audience and having the energy in the room. Um, but it's been good. It's taken me to like new platforms and different places. Like I performed for the British embassy in India, which was incredible. I performed for, you know, my ministry of defense and all of that shenanigan. Like, so yeah, it's been really cool. It's been really interesting, but like I, couldn't wait to get back in front of an audience so yeah it did kind of mess things up for that I mean it even messed things up for my uni because I'm supposed to be starting my doctorate I was supposed to have started my doctorate this like next month but because of admissions and stuff like that I now have to start in January which isn't a bad thing it just gives me extra time to study but you know what will your doctorate be in uh it's going to be looking at um essentially it's going to be looking at a timeline of Gathuk 
through historical performance into modern contemporary performance and how it's infiltrated spaces and through infiltrating spaces, how it's become a completely different form and how, and I'll be focusing a lot on the gestural performance and storytelling of heteronormative narrative through a queer body and looking at the authenticity of narrative and the authenticity therefore of performance as a whole. Try and say that three times, like really quickly. I'm looking, shut up. <laughs> That's a lot. That's why I write it. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. But it'll be fun, I'm really looking forward to it. That's what I wanna do, I wanna go into academics, so yeah. Nice, cool, that's fun. How long will you be studying that for in the end? Probably three to four years. Keeps yeah. you busy, keeps you out of trouble. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest, because it's just going to be the new start of everything. Um, and it's what I've wanted to do for ages. And it's really driving me to go somewhere new with my mm -hmm. dance and with my form. And I gave myself a year. And if I'd stopped thinking about it in a year, then I, it wasn't meant for me. But because I could not stop thinking about it, I was like, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. So I did. So cool. yeah. Well, best of luck with that. We are coming to the end of the podcast. Um, so oh. while I've still got you, how can people find you? How can they experience your light and your joy and your talent online? How can they oh. find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I don't know why I'm leaning in. Find me on Instagram. Um, that's my, it's basically my name. So R-A-H-E-E-M for mother. And then another M for mother. I R okay, so that's all one wall, one word. So Romeo Alpha Hotel Echo Echo Mother Mother India Romeo. You like that? That was fluid. That was all good. one word. Thank that you. On Obviously, that's I will it. post this on Instagram and people will be able to find the link, which is maybe yeah. easier. That'll <laughs> be me. But um, yeah, that's what I do because I mainly use Instagram as my portal to like let people know what I'm doing. Um, because I feel like that's where everyone spends their time now. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. I mean, I have a Pinterest board, but you don't have to follow that. I'm not on MySpace. I'm not on High Five. I'm not on any of those shenanigans. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but not as a like page. It's just my personal page. If you want me as a friend, then that's cool. Um, also, uh, I did mention, just to aforemention, my singleness. So if you do want to add me, then have a look at me on Instagram. If you're into it, just quote James quote champions of happy for 10% off but basically quote them so I know that you heard me on this so I'm like alright cool so you're not odd so I need to know so I'm like oh you want to date me cool great what is your, uh, your what's your type of guy before we leave single uh, <laughs> breathing uh, someone who knows that they're gay that's always fun hmm. or bisexual or whatever I don't mind but as long as you know that you like men in some form um I like I'm tall. <laughs> um, do you know what? Just somebody, physically, I want you taller than me, bigger than me. That would help. But it's okay because apparently people always say to me, no, Raheem, you should try and date short guys uh, because when you lie down, you're the same height. And I was like, true. So I was like, whatever. I know my mother told me that. I didn't know how I felt. But um, I usually like I'm taller and broad. But I just like a guy who's funny, who challenges me um, and who takes interest in conversation and knowledge because i can't just have a guy that's like oh you dance oh that's really nice are oh, you indian oh that's really nice um i'm not here to be fetishized 
I'm not here to be exoticized, okay? I'm here to, I just want you to park that Big Mac truck all in this little garage. That's all I want, really. I just want you to touch that little dangly throat that swings in the back of my throat. You know what I mean? I just want you to touch that little dangly thing that swings in the back of my throat. Basically, guys, is this on? Yeah, it's on my con, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, would, would enjoy some company, basically. So just let me know. Let James know. Let me know. Let the champions of happy be the champion of my happy. <gasps> oh, maybe my next podcast should be a dating podcast. Oh my it's God. Maybe you should just get a bunch of us on it and we should speed date podcast wise. Ooh. Boom. That's what the next series is going to be, everyone. Shut the hell up. And if I'm not on it, at least the four hours. Champions of love. Here we come. ITV2. Online, probably ITVB, probably actually not even ITV two. Yeah, ITV- it's 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 definitely BBC three worthy. So like, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely iPlayer. Oh, let's pitch that. Cool. Well, thank you again. And um, we, you will address me. I will find you love, and uh, I'll I'll see you in the near future. But thank you again for taking the time to be on this podcast. You um, thank you for making your way through my bumbling questions. Um, and I hope you've had as much fun as I have. You made me laugh and you've made me smile. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. And it was really, really nice to be asked. And I'm very, very humbled that you wanted to ask me, even though you don't know anything about me. And I thought it was great. And you're incredible at what you do. And live long and prosper and all that shenanigan. And just keep on doing it because you, James, are the true champion of happy. Oh, you can come again. You can come again. Well, on that, I don't want to, I can't get any better. So, bye. Bye. <laughs> Right, guys i hope you enjoyed the episode if you are enjoying the podcast it'd be really super helpful if you could go over to itunes and give the podcast a star rating preferably five if you think it's deserving of it uh, and to leave us a nice little comment just to let me know what you enjoy about the podcast that's all from me guys but i hope you have a great start to the week uh yeah have a good one see you soon bye selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.